Amen. Remain standing. Please take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 10. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 10, right after the book of Proverbs. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 10. We'll read verses 1 through 8. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 10. Verses 1 through 8 this evening. I'll read verse 1, join me on verse number 2, and, and so on down through uh, verse number 8. I will leave off at that. Dead flies caused the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart at his left. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he saith to every one that he is a fool. If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place, for yielding pacifieth great offenses. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, as an error which proceedeth from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity, and the rich sit in low place. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh an hedge, a servant shall bite him. And that's where I have to get the message from here this evening. And uh, the middle part of that verse says, whoso, uh, whoso breaketh an hedge. And uh, the time of my message is this tonight, don't break the hedge. Don't break the hedge. And let's ask the Lord to bless us here. Father. We thank you once again that we have a church to come to, Lord, for all these years, almost 41 now. You've always had a place that we can meet together. Lord, uh, down there at the home and then down at the building where our school's at and now be able to have this building, God, you've always given us a place to meet. But Father, more than that, you've always met us here. And Lord, we thank you for it. We're glad you're with us. You made us a promise that you would be. And Lord, we're glad you're here tonight. And I pray that you'll move in every pew tonight. Lord, I pray for the cold hearts that be warmed. And God, we would get our eyes on you and not on the things of this old world. God, help us to not break down the hedge. And so, Father, I pray you'll help me as I preach. Help me say as I should say the things that you've laid on my heart. And God, help us be receptive to the things that will be said. And we'll thank you for what you're going to do. Save the one that may be here without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I probably say this a lot, but it's so true. And I don't think we need, to keep, we need to stop saying and talking about it. But we see a lot happening in modern Christianity today that uh, just pretty much boggles your mind. I, uh, I just, uh, I, I don't, I don't. In a sense, I don't understand it, but I do. I understand when you get away from God's word, you, you're asking for all kinds of problems. But I, I look and I think, you know, how can we as, as churches who we, we say that we're on the word of God, how is it that we can get so mixed up and off, off course and uh, allow so much worldliness to get into our churches? Uh, our churches are, in America today are, are uh, nothing like they used to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think we need to get back to a place where uh, church is an important thing. 
and uh, get back to singing the hymns and get back to the King James Bible and get back to, into, into going to church all the time. I think that's an important thing for us. But we see worldliness that is setting in the church today. And uh, this is happening, and the question would be uh, uh, for us to seriously answer, is this biblical? Is it biblical for the change that's going on in the church today? When I say the church, I'm talking about in, you know, Christians where they meet together. Is, is that biblical? Well, the answer is no. The change is not biblical. The change going to contemporary is not something you can base it on the Word of God. Uh, the changing of the Bibles is not biblical. Uh, yet you'll find people, they'll give a, a good reasons. They think good reasons for it all, but it's not biblical. And, uh, uh, and, 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 and we, we wondered, why is it happening like that? This morning we talked about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And, of course, what happened? The serpent was there. That serpent, I believe, was the devil. And the serpent came there and, and, and destroyed what was happening and what God had done there. Not destroyed completely, but put man into the place of sin. Where man had sinned, and, and because of that, mankind was lost. Because of one man's sin... Uh, the Bible talks about that uh, that's passed upon all men for that all have sin. And uh, uh, we, we talked about that. And, and what happens, a serpent came to Eve and began to tell her, well, you can eat of this tree. Now, God told him not to eat of it. And uh, yet what happens, Eve did not listen to the word of God. Now, they didn't have the written word of God. They had the very voice of God. Remember that? They had the voice of God. And, and yet what happened, she did not listen to God's voice and decided to do her own thing and listen to the serpent. And, and, and I'm thinking, you know, how in the world can it get to this place where the serpent had such a pull on her? How was it that she would end up doing what God said not to do? And I, and I believe, really, the real problem was because the, uh, there was a barrier that was broken down. That's what the Bible says there in verse number 8. He that diggeth a pitch shall fall into it. But here's it, here it is. And whoso breaketh an hedge, then what happens? A serpent shall bite him. That's exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. The hedge was broken. What was the hedge? The Word of God. And because of that, the serpent bit and plunged man into sinfulness. I believe that God has a barrier that, need, that, that is able to keep us out of the serpent's reach. Uh, I, I, think, I think we have this idea that we can play with a serpent and get away with it. We'll be okay. But that's not Bible. God said very clearly here, and I think about, you know, in Solomon, the writing here, the book of Ecclesiastes, a man of wisdom. And he told us, you break that hedge, the serpent's going to bite you. That's what, he's got, what he said is going to happen. And, and, and because the hedge was a boundary, it's a good thing. Get this. It's a good thing to have boundaries in our life. We need to teach our children there are some things you cannot do. There are some places you cannot go. There's boundaries there. You know, we, we understand that when it comes to our animals. You know, the farmer out here understands these sheep. He puts a fence up because that's a boundary there to keep them in. That's where they're safe. And then what happens, though, we will, without our children not have any boundaries. Well, when you go outside the boundary, according to the word of God here, you're going to get bit by the serpent. And so uh, the, the boundary or the barrier was there. What's then on the other side of the barrier? The serpent. The serpent. And, and, and uh, you know, here, here's, the, here's the, the scary thing about it. When someone breaks through the barrier and gets bit by the serpent, it's hard for them to get back to the other side of the barrier. Now, I'm not new at this. 
as a pastor. I'm not new at this. I've seen a lot of young folks. I could go back uh, at 40, almost 47 years ago when I was a youth pastor. And I've watched young people that thought that they can break the barrier and they'll be all right. I remember one day there was, there was a boy in our school back, back years ago when I was assistant pastor. And that boy had this idea. He was always trying to break through the barriers. He knew that in the church we had, we had rules. He knew in the school there was rules. His mom, he didn't have a dad, but his mom had rules in his life. And he decided to do his own thing. And I, 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 remember, I, I remember seeing him one day in at, uh, the uh, veteran's home. And I looked, and I thought I was standing behind a woman. Had long hair down the back there. And all of a sudden turned around, and here it was the guy I knew from school. He was one of my students. He goes, hey, Pastor Mark. I say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. He said, I got a business now. He says, I'm repossessing cars. Sounds like a scary thing to me. But he said, repossessing cars. And, and uh, he said, I'm doing really good. It wasn't too long that I saw on the news that he was arrested for, for shooting someone. His life's a mess. He became a drunkard. His life was just ruined. He said, where did that all come from? He broke through the barrier. There was rules. There was some barriers there to keep him from getting bit by the serpent. That's why it's important for our children to listen to mom and dad and the preacher. And girls and boys, I'm telling you right now, listen to your mom and dad. Now, you guys are teenagers now, and that doesn't mean when you turn teenagers you don't listen anymore. When you turn teenagers, you should understand you're dumber than what you thought you were. All right? Uh, you know, these girls think they know it all, but they're going to get teenagers, too, and find out they're dumber, too. But, uh, but the thing is, you know, you, you think, well, I know what I need. No, there are, some, there are some barriers that your parents will put up in your life. And the preacher says about and the things that I preach that will help you keep from being bitten by the serpent. That serpent, that old devil's who we're talking about there, who, who destroys young people's lives. You get, you get by that other side, get, on, get through that, that, that hedge, you'll get bit by the serpent. So many today are flirting with the boundaries and messing around with the hedge. We just want to just be as close as we can to it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen kids down here behind the school years ago uh, get there by that electric fence. And I'd say, now, don't get by that fence. You'll get bit by it. In other words, what? You'll get shot. And they, they, they'd stay back, but they always wanted to get really close. And they would take a stick or something and try to touch it. And I don't know how many kids got shocked by it. Because they thought that they would be all right. Let me tell you something. When God says, don't break down the hedge, listen to this, don't break down the hedge. That's not just for kids. That's for us adults, too. We need to be careful about it. Now, when I talk about the serpent, I know I'm, what, I, what I think about that is, Snakes. Will you stay with me tonight, brothers? All right, be with me here. You just, you just still love me even though what I'm about to say. All right, I love you all, but you're knuckleheads. Amen. Amen, thank you. Thank you. Keep it in family, brother. The reason I say that is I love you. I don't want you to get bit. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't like snakes. Amen. I mean, I, you know, I mean, good Christians don't like snakes. It's in the Bible somewhere. Let me write it down right now in the Bible. But what happens, you know, that serpent is, is what he's talking about, that snake there. And, 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 and we're not talking about the snake to get out, but I, I don't like snakes. I, and, 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 and they're not the devil, all righty. 
Uh, don't think because these guys hunt rattlesnakes that they're, they're of the devil. Let me think about it for a moment. <laughs> they're not of the devil. They're just knuckleheads. But, uh, uh, but, but, but I'm talking about here, about you don't play around with Satan. You know, you know this, this is the way we are. We think about, about, about fellas hunting rattlesnakes. Man, I wouldn't do that. Let me tell you something. There's something more dangerous than hunting real rattlesnakes. That's when, we, when you start messing with the hedge that God says, watch out. Because the serpent is not that slithery thing that's out there underneath some rocks. The serpent that we're talking about tonight is Satan himself that wants to destroy our lives. When I think of the serpent, I think right away of snakes and I think of poisonous ones. I understand some are not poisonous, but they usually don't carry credentials. So in my book, the only good one is a well, it's the same thing I have about cats, but I won't go there. Amen. Made you mad about cats this morning. I thought I'd throw it in again tonight. But you know, when I think of the serpent there, I'm thinking about that old snake, that old devil. who came to Adam and Eve and destroyed their life. I watched a video one day. I don't know why I did it. I guess just curiosity. And I, I, it was a video about men hunting snakes in Florida. And I thought, well, I'll watch that, I'll learn something, and I'll impress the guys about how much I know about snake hunting. It was scary. And I watched this guy, and what they're doing, they're driving down a road after a rain in Florida. And what happens is, after the rain, the snakes come out on the road. And they were looking for certain ones. And they went down there, and all of a sudden, they got their lights on, and go, hey, there's one there, and they jump out, and the guy goes and picks it up, thinking it was another kind of snake. I can't remember what it was. It must have been the devil himself because what happened? It bit him. And he went, oh, no, look what it is. I mean, they were scared. It showed in the video of him going to the hospital. I looked at that video, and here, here's the thing. His hand, it had bit him on the hand. His arm was swollen so bad, it looked like some man's leg sticking out of his sleeve. It was all swollen up. And here was the danger. They were afraid that his skin was going to burst open because of that. You understand that the poison, and let me say this. I know there's poison in the poison, and there's all kinds of different snakes. It wasn't a rattlesnake this guy got bit with. It was something else. I'm not sure. I can't remember what it was, and I really don't care because I don't even want to be around little gardener snakes. Amen. But the fact, the fact of the matter is people get bit by snakes, and even some people die. After they've been bit. One way or the other, this is what's going to happen. You get bit by a snake, a poisonous snake. You get bit by the serpent. It's going to affect your life. It's going to affect your life. You know, I've read that poison from some snakes will affect your vision. It'll affect your vision. I thought, you know, that's really what we're talking about. You, you, know, you may think, well, you just got off on snakes here. But here's the thing. We're talking about the serpent. That What the Bible said there, that whoso breaketh an hedge... Bible says, a serpent shall bite him. So God has put up a hedge here to keep us from having that serpent bite us. Because what will happen if we get bit by that old serpent? You see, when you mess around with the barrier or you mess around with the, uh, uh, with, with the, the hedge there, you're going to find out there's some serpents there that will bite you. And what that does, it will affect your vision. I see this happening in our churches today. Our vision is hampered. Uh, you say, what do you mean? I mean this. People spiritually don't see correctly anymore. 
Before I had my cataracts taken off, I didn't see very well. When I was in church here, I couldn't see people. About halfway back, I couldn't see them. Now I could see everybody really well. Top part of my glasses are clear, and so I could see. I don't need I got 20-20 vision. You're, you're really clear like that. But I look at my notes, and I can't read them, so I have to buy these cheaters to help me there. But the thing is, our vision is affected many times by a poisonous snake that someone may be bitten by. I think spiritually, we have a problem. How many times do I hear people say, well, I don't see anything wrong with this. Why don't they see anything wrong? Their vision is affected. Their vision is affected. One of the things about taking the cataracts off, colors are brighter now. Oh, I enjoy it more, more now. I, I, I say to my wife, oh, look at how the beautiful colors. It, it, my vision had been affected of the cataracts that were there. And I think about, you know, the vision oftentimes from a, a snake bite can cause a person to have a problem with their vision and, and gets all messed up. I think that's why people say, well, I just don't see anything wrong with this or see anything wrong with that. But here's the thing. It, things are not right or wrong by what we see. Things are, are not right or wrong by that. I believe this. The Bible is absolute truth. Amen. Thy word is truth. You say, well, you know, Dr. So-and-so says, it don't matter what Dr. So-and-so says. It matters what God says. It matters what his word says. You say, but preacher, I just don't see it. Don't matter. You know, when I went in for my eye exam with my cataracts, they said, all right, read this. And you know what? I read a few and they said, all right, read that next line. I go, what next line? I said, it looks like it might be this and this. They go, okay, that's all right. We're, we, won't, we won't go any further because I couldn't see. My eyes were affected. Spiritually, we're, our eyes, spiritual eyes are being affected where we don't see anything wrong in this. Why can't we do this? You see, uh, uh, we, we, we're not to live by situation ethics. We're to obey the word of God and do what God's word says. You say, well, you know, that kind of puts a damper on some things. That's because God says those some things are, we're to have a hedge to keep us away from it. If you don't break through the hedge, what God's saying here, you won't get bit by the serpent. You know, I believe this. I believe what was wrong is still wrong. What was wrong is still wrong. And what is right is still right. We've gotten so far away. We say, well, you know, times have changed. Well, how about that? I know that time changes, but God's word is forever settled. It's forever settled. It has not changed. It will not change unless you go get you another Bible. I'm not getting another Bible because God's word's already settled. So that's, that, that's the, the hedge that, that we have. So what was wrong is still wrong. What was right is still right. And, and I think you know how sad it is that, us, that, that even Baptist folks, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to be a Baptist. I mean, we're, we're Heritage Baptist Church. I was born and raised in a Baptist church, and, 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 I, and I'm glad we live in a Baptist, Baptist church. But I'll tell you what, a lot of Baptists today are dropping the word Baptist, and a lot of Baptists are not even following along with, I believe, some of the distinctives of Baptist folks. We want, we want to do this, drop the name Baptist and we'll be the community church. What's wrong with saying you're a Baptist church? That identifies us with something. Amen? You know, and, and some people say, well, we just, want, we just want it to be the fellowship church. Now, you can have it called fellowship church you want to, but I don't believe, I don't believe that's, that's scriptural. I, I believe the problem is we say we want to be identified. This is what the problem is. I want to be identified to the world. I'm saying this. Let's cut down the hedge so that the serpent might feel comfortable with us. What did God say the serpent's going to do? 
going to bite you. It's going to bite you. You know, I think we're even, we're even losing some of the traditions of Baptist folks. You know, and I, I, I talk about the Catholics going by their tradition of salvation. That's not right. But there are certain things of tradition. Let me give you a verse about that. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or epistle. You know what we're doing tonight? We're trying to hold on to those traditions. We're trying to hold on to the word of God. So that when these girls and these boys over here are grown up and they have families of their own, that they hold on to the things that they learned when they were kids. You say, but they're going to grow up. Yes, but they can grow up holding on to that which is right. I thank the Lord for things that I'm preaching here tonight was things that my preacher preached to me when I was a kid. When I sat on the front row, I used to sit on the front row too. I get up there, my wife used to too, but I didn't sit with her. She was just, a, she was one of them girls. And I'd sit with the guys. We'd sit on the front row, you know, and Brother House would preach. You know what he was doing? He was teaching us some things. And he was saying, hey, don't break down the hedge. Sad thing is, I've seen a lot of guys that I sat in the front row with break the hedge down. You know what happened? They got bit. All of a sudden, it became worldly. I think of one of the preachers in California, and he's got this thing, you know, it's, a, it's not a Baptist church. He went to a fellowship church, you know, now, and, and, and they have all kinds of music. They go to church dressed like they're going to a picnic. It's, it's not right for us to follow the traditions of man. It's wrong for us to break down the hedge. You say, preacher, how did we get here where we're at today? The hedge had been broken down. Sometimes churches say, come as you are, and, leave, and what do they do? They leave as they were. I heard someone say one time, he says, you know, our churches anymore are like the Burger King churches. Have it your way. I like what someone said one time. We ought to be more like Wendy's churches. Hot and juicy. <laughs> Amen. I mean, there ain't no hamburger like Wendy's burgers. Amen. I'll put them to the test against any of them. But I think that's what a church ought to be. A place where it's hot and juicy. Amen. I mean, we're... we're that we're not afraid to let some tears. I saw a man this morning when I was, was preaching the word of God and I was talking about what Christ did for us. I saw a man take his handkerchief out, wipe the tears. Let me tell you something. It's not wrong to shed some tears. We need to be juicy once again. We need to be on fire for God. Christians are being poisoned today. Or are they being poisoned by, by their friends? Be careful what kind of friends you have. And I say to the boys, you make sure you have the right friends. And girls, you have the right friends. Mr. Bishop, have the right friends. No, you don't have any friends. <laughs> but that's as important for him as it is these kids on the front row. Important for you ladies here and all the way back to the back and all the way back to the back. It's important to have the right kind of friends because here's what will happen. Friends will help break down the hedge. How many young folks have got their lives messed up? How many folks have got out of church because they started hanging around the wrong crowd, broke down the hedge, and the serpent bit them with that poison? The wrong friends, the schools. I thank the Lord for a Christian school. I'm glad our kids can be in Christian school and not have to, not have to hear, well, one day there was a big explosion. I'll tell you right now, if they start teaching evolution in our church, there will be, in our school, there will be an explosion. Hey, man, I mean, we're going to go down there. We'll take that thing apart real quick, won't we? And, uh, uh, but but even our schools are messing up children today. We look and say, man, what's happening to young people today? What do you think has happened? Broke down the hedge in our public schools. Social media has broken down the hedge. 
There's nothing held back from our kids and our adults today. Everything is at our fingertips. You know what I mean? Come on. So, well, you know, preacher, I, I, I was watching this liberal. Well, you don't need to turn that liberal off. Because the liberal is trying to break down that hedge saying, hey, you don't need to be cooped up there. You don't need to have that hedge. You're free to do whatever you want. God has given you freedom. He's given you freedom, but God said, don't break down the hedge. Why? There's a serpent over there. He's going to bite you. That's what God said. It'll affect your sight. Also, the poison from a snake bite will affect your balance. I think some are, are losing their balance and slipping away from biblical positions. You know, I, take, I, I, I believe all of us ought to take a stand. And uh, we ought to have the right biblical position. But I think so oftentimes what happens is that uh, there's either two things that ends up happening with folks. They, they got the right idea, but then they begin to lose their balance. Sometimes it's by going, it's by a compromise. There's folks who, churches that used to say Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then they begin to drop services. And they say, well, we're just combining a service. That's a nice way of saying we're dropping some services. And, and, and so what happens? They're compromised. Well, you know, we don't need to. Let's just put the words on it. We don't have to spend the money on the hymnals. Let's just put the words on the wall. And that's just getting ready to go on to further other things and other songs. We need, I believe, we need our hymnals. I'm going to hold on to that tradition of man there, all right? The traditions that we have of singing out of that hymnal. And uh, we're not going to follow the bouncing ball. Amen. We're going to sing those songs that mean something. Every one, every one of the songs that we sang today had a message in it. Amen. I thank the Lord. I don't want to lose that. So what happens? Two things happen. Either compromise or people go the other direction and become a cult-like people. Is go looking into everything else and trying to figure out other things. You know, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Now listen to this. Turn not from, the, from it to the right hand or to the left, that they, thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. God, God was saying here, don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left. Don't compromise and don't become a cult. I've heard people call us a cult before. We're not a cult. We're not going into something outside of the word of God. That's not a cult. Jim Jones was a cult. Now, we could go on down the line and call a bunch of other names about that, but those are cults. We don't need to break through the hedge. Why? You'll get bit. When you get bit by the poison, it'll cause you to lose your appetite. That's why I hate snakes. I like to eat. What will happen? You lose your appetite, won't want to eat. A lot of Christians are losing their appetite for the Word of God. Amen. Losing their appetite for the Word of God. What do they do? They say, you know what? I want to go to church where there's more music. And I love music. We had good music today. We have good singing. We had good special this morning. We had, I mean, it's always some good music. The choir special was great. And uh, thank the Lord for all, all the, the music we have. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to choose a church by how much music they have. I'm going to choose a church by the stand on the Word of God and the Word of God being preached. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. But what happens, a lot of Christians are losing their appetite for the word of God. You ever notice this? Thanksgiving. How many of you had at the dinner table, with all the food there, how many had people falling asleep eating? Nobody. Have you ever seen a baby fall asleep eating? 
something like this, and all of a sudden, I reach up. <laughs> you know what? When you fall asleep, you're not hungry. You know what I found out? We said, all right, we sat down at the table. You know what we did? We prayed for our food. That's a wonderful thing to do, isn't it? We got there, and I said, all right, let's pray. We looked at the girls, you know. I said, all right, girls, let's pray. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, they're holding hands, and, and we bow our heads, and we, and we pray. When I said amen, watch out. You know why? They're hungry. Right? They're hungry. And I watched it. Hey, could you pass this? Hey, can you pass this? Man, we were passing stuff around. I mean, boy, we, we, were, uh, uh, we weren't even fumbling any of those passes, amen. And we're passing all that food around and everybody's getting. And I looked around the table and everybody was busy eating. Why? They were hungry. You know, it's a sad thing when we come to church not hungry for the word of God. Do you know why we lose our appetite? Because we got broke through that hedge, and now all of a sudden we've got bit by that serpent, and now we've lost our appetite. Well, I don't need it. I, I heard someone came to church one time, and, and they said, we went to a church, they had 45 minutes of music, and then they had 10 minutes of preaching. And they came to our church, and they was like, man, this is great, until all of a sudden they didn't get hungry anymore. Now they don't even go to church at all. Lost their appetite. I don't know about you, I want to stay hungry for the word of God. And you will if you don't get bit by the serpent. When you get bit, you'll get worse and worse if not taken care of. I heard about a man that got bit by a poisonous snake. I'm not sure what kind it was, but you know what ended up happening? He lost part of his hand. He just began to rot and lost part of his hand. He got worse and worse because he didn't take care of it. You see, God put some hedges around and some boundaries there. But if we're not careful, and when we do break through and the serpent bites, you need to find help. You need to find help. You know, you got to get to the doctors. You got to get somebody to help you out. Get you something to, uh, uh, some, some uh, what, what's that bill that they give you if you get bit by a rattlesnake? Anti-venom. If not, you've got bad problems. I'm glad that if the serpent does, if you do break through and the serpent bites you, you better get the anti-venom that's found in the word of God that can restore you. The Bible tells us about lust. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. Oftentimes we think about lust as something immoral, about immorality and, and of that nature there. But you know, that lust is anything that's off limits. Man has lust for everything rather than the word of God. I, I guarantee you if all of a sudden you had, had a dance party at the church, there'd be more people at the church. I mean, us Baptists know this. You have a meal, there's more folks at the church for the meal. I mean, I'm glad. If they come for that meal, I'm glad. But here's the thing. I think we need to get back to the place where, where we're not serving God because of our lust, because of our desire for food, our desire for entertainment. I, I, I don't think it's wrong to be entertained. I, I thank the Lord. You know, when we remember we had our, uh, uh, our, our song, uh, what was that called that we had, Brother Early? Uh, that, uh, that, Brother Early, we, after the service, remember we had that, uh, the hymn sing. Man, that was entertaining. That was a blessing. Nothing wrong with that. But it did sure not ever come in place of the word of God being preached. We preached the word of God first. 
There's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the, uh, the flesh, the lust of the eyes, where man sees everything and wants to be just like this world. That's why our churches today, I get, I get the different magazines and, the, and their, their catalogs, I guess they are, and come from the different music places. And it's amazing. You know what they do? What, one of the big things they sell in there is, of course, all the instruments and the, and, and the, the microphones and all the stuff like that. You know what they sell? They sell lighting. And I'll tell you what. All you need for lighting is to go to Lowe's. Amen? Just go get you some LED bulbs. I am so thankful for LED bulbs. Forever, we had the other kind. What are those called? In, incandescent? Incandescent bulbs? I'm telling you, I was always having to go out there and get a ladder and bring a ladder in here and get up on the ladder. And you know me and ladders, I don't like them. They're like snakes to me. And I, I get up on that ladder, I change those bulbs, and I thought, my, oh, my, whoa, who in the world ever thought about having so many light bulbs in, in the church house? We put the LEDs, I think we've had this in for I don't know how many years now, I think I've changed three or four bulbs. Holy man. But you know... I'm not sure why I told you the story. <laughs> yes, the catalogs. Well, I'm glad someone was listening because I wasn't. But I see those catalogs. You, you know, you don't. You only need to go to Lowe's and buy some light bulbs like that. We don't need blue lights. We don't need sparkling lights. Amen. We don't have to get a poster up here, make it look like a bar room. We just need to turn the lights on and let the preaching rip. The venom of a serpent can affect your heart. Poison will change you from the inside out. That's why the big problem we have today is Christians denying the Holy Spirit the leading in their lives. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to live within you. Let him have his way. We sing one of the songs, let him have his way with thee. We need to let God have his way in our lives. The Holy Spirit's there. And I think so often times we're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm thankful for you here. You stay there until I need you. But we need him every hour. We need him to guide us. He lives within us. What's the hedge, preacher? The hedge is the Bible. Eve refused what God said. She had the spoken word. We have tonight the written word. And Eve did not listen to what God said. The hedge is the word of God, honestly. I think we can look at it this way. If something new, it's not true. You know, well, I don't know what Dr. So-and-so said about this. He found some new thing. You didn't find no new thing. It's there. That may be something you didn't see before, but you don't come up with something new. Society broken, has broken through the hedge we see today the same-sex marriages. For the life of me, I do, not, I do not understand that. Why in the world would a man want to marry a man? You're nuts. I'm telling you. I mean, you think about it. That is, that is so, uh, to take Mrs. Clinton's word, deplorable. For to think of something as vile as that, Amen. You say, well, I know, a gay man. Well, I'm telling you what, he's not really gay. He's a queer. He's a homosexual. He is wicked. So, preacher, why, you can't say that. I just did, and it'll be on sermon audio, so ha, ha, ha. You say, well, you can't say that. I just did because it's true. 
It's true. We've got same-sex marriages today. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? And people are talking about their partner and things like that. We also have the gender identity today. I'll tell you what. I, let me tell you something right now. You ready? You're either a boy or a girl. Amen. And it ain't hard to tell. Moms and dads tell your kids what they are if they don't know. You say, well, preacher, I, I know. You know, you know I, I, read, I read yesterday, I think it was, where the border, border, uh, um, border patrol, I mean, those guys have their hands full. And they got a memo now saying this. Don't call them by any certain gender until you follow up and find out exactly what they think they are. I'm thinking about this. What they're doing with all the fentanyl that's coming over and all the illegal uh, stuff that's going on, and now they're saying, we want you to be careful of what gender you call them. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to apologize if a man looks like a woman and I say, ma'am. You say, but that's not, then don't look like one. And I've said it before to a woman one time. I said, I said thank you, sir. Open a door for me. And then I looked again, and it was a woman. Boy, did I get a dirty look. And I'm thinking, don't give me a dirty look. You're the one that looked like a man. I don't think when I walked through the door, she wondered, what if it's a woman? Amen. You see how crazy a world got bit by the serpent. Men looking like and dressing like women. These, uh, oh, what do they call them? I can't think of it. Uh, cross transgenders or no? Transvestite or what? What's those those people that 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 men that dress like women and do these drag queens? I like to drag a few of those queens. If I had a trailer hitch, I'd drag a few of them. Amen. You say, oh, my God, you ought not have that. They're destroying our boys and girls. You know, I am sick of Hamas. And what they've done to those Jews and done to some of those little kids. I saw, I, I saw the two little children that were released by Hamas. They stole those, killed their mom and dad right in front of them. Let me tell you something. I'm just as mad as these folks, these men, excuse me for using that word. For these it's. They're dressing up like women, and for these parents that take their kids to watch these men dress like women, act like women, they're a bunch of perverts. Where did we go? How did we ever get there? Broke down the hedge. Broke down the hedge. You got Mr. Moms today. God didn't intend for the men to be the mama. He meant for men to be the leader in the home. You know, well, you know, I just... I just let her, just let her work. Why don't you take your little lace shorts off and get right with God? Amen. I used to watch a, watch a Mr. Mom around here. We used to see it. My kids knew about it too. They'd see him. He'd come down here, had a cowboy hat, short pants on with cowboy boots. He was Mr. Mom. I'm like, you know, God have pity. We need some men to be men again. I said, we need some men to be men again. We need some ladies to be ladies again, some women to be ladies again. That's, that's what's needed today. But you know what happened? Well, they broke down the hedge. And they got bit, and now they're like, I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, preacher, you just need to understand, you know, well, she can make more money than me. You still need to be the leader of the house, man. Amen. 
You say, well, that just doesn't go over well with a lot of people. I didn't check to see what, I didn't, I didn't test the wind. That old serpent's been busy ever since Genesis 3. Legalizing marijuana now and other drugs. Can you imagine how crazy this is? I mean, do we have enough problem with drunk driving? No. You're driving on the road. I mean, I, I feel safe. I don't drink. I, feel, I try to be really safe driving, but I don't know what that other guy's doing. You got somebody, they've taken another drink, they're driving down the road headed right at you with a couple thousand pounds of that automobile right at you. And, and they're saying, don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive in this ear and out that ear. And now what are they doing? Saying, let's legalize marijuana. You get drunk on marijuana. You get high on that stuff. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dr. Dollar, he was a nut. He was a, he was a Muslim. I almost said a moron, but he was kind of that too. But he was a Muslim. And you know what? He, I, I remember this. He would not give anybody who came in who wanted medicinal marijuana. I remember this one guy following down the aisle saying, Doc, come on, write me out a prescription for medicinal marijuana. And the doctor said this, you don't need it. Well, I'm glad that was one Muslim that had the right idea about that. We don't need them. I went by, by one of those places, you know, where they get in, in Altoona. We got all kinds of marijuana handouts in Altoona now. You know, you see it there where Sears, uh, the, uh, they, they did tire work there. That's one over at Kmart where that was the auto parts part uh, or auto works there. There's one there. You go on down the other direction and there's one there. They're all over the place. But I was driving, I went to the doctor the other day and uh, I'm I, going by and I thought, good night. It must be, wait, it's not Black Friday. People were lined up to get their marijuana. God have pity. What did we do before we didn't have marijuana? Oh, I think maybe we looked to God to give us some help. Amen. We've lost it. What happens? Broke through the hedge and got bit by the serpent. When the hedge gets broken down, anything goes. Our pulpits have been bit. Our pulpits are afraid to preach. There's a lot of stuff I preach tonight. A lot of pulpits would never preach that. You say, you're a crazy man. No, I don't think we're crazy man. I just believe once in a while we need to throw a little fit and just let it all hang out. Amen. And oh man, our pulpits have been a bit afraid to expose compromise. You know, there's a lot of churches today. In fact, I, I tell, you, tell you one just the other week there. They had this uh, creation group come in. And of course, you know what they do today. Everybody does it. They put on social media so you can see who they're saying. I don't know, but someone sent it to me. And here what the church did, they had these, this group come into the Baptist church. And they showed the picture of the guy speaking. The, the guy speaking had hair down here. The Bible says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. He got up and he said, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a Baptist. I'm, I'm from the Reformed church. They have the wrong idea about salvation. That is being unequally yoked. The other guy said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Methodist. Uh, there, there's a little bit of difference there. And they had them there, and they got up, they put, they put, they had a screen, they put verses up there on teaching. It was good things, believing in creation, but here's what happened. The preacher let them come. They put verses up on, on the wall there, and, and I'm telling you right now, the pastor that used to be there would have thrown them out because those verses up there were NIV. You say, oh, that's not that bad. Yes, it is. I'm like, 
what in the world's wrong? Got bit. They got bit. I would have never thought that. You say, why didn't the preacher stop it? And he should have. And I'll, I'll just say it. It was the church I grew up in. I was sick to my stomach. I remember when Brother House was alive, one time we had a basketball game and some girls came to be cheerleaders for the other team. And they came and they had their skirts were just a little bit too short. They were above the knee. And they were jumping around. Brother House happened to be at the game and he walked over to them and said, hey, girls, I'm sorry. And took, I had the coach said, listen, the girls are not going to be able to cheer. They said, but we traveled this far. We've come here and that's what they are. They're cheerleaders. He says, they're not going to cheer like that. He said, I want you all to sit down, take your coats, cover your legs up. Amen. And so there they did. Now, here's what he did. He went out and bought them all hot dog and popcorn. Brought some food to them. But he wasn't letting them roll around out there and, and act up with their short skirts on. I believe Brother Howe's been alive. He would, first of all, never let them come to the church, that group. But he did. But this preacher let them come to the church. But Brother Howe's been there, and they got there by some way. I know he would have stood up and said, that's it. We're done. Amen. I'll guarantee you this, we got a missionary who comes in and starts putting some stuff up here, has NIV on it, it is over. You say, good, we'll go home early. No, then I start preaching. <laughs> Amen. What do we do? We re resist the devil. We're to fight the good fight. You say, preacher, what do you do if you get bit? Run. Don't stick around and get bit again. That old serpent may have a brother. Just run. Get away from it. Get medical attention. If you get by that old serpent, run to God real quick. He's the great physician, and he'll help you. If not, that poison will run all through you. I don't know how many men are at home on a Sunday night that used to be pastors. How many men have ruined their families and ruined their, 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 their homes and their marriages because they got bit. Now here's the thing. I don't think any of us want to get bit. Billy, you, 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 you're, you're one of those out there with the snakes. Do you want to get bit? Mm -hmm, no. Bill? Yeah. They don't want to get bit. But here's the thing. They know this. They could get bit. Therefore, they've got to be very careful. Ladies and gentlemen, if we break through the hedge... We're asking for it. Because God's word said there, Whoso breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite him. That's what God said. I think what we all do tonight is understand this. We all could get bit. If the Lord tarries five years from now, we ought to all still be in church. Unless we're up there. Ten years from now, if the Lord tarries and we're still around, we'll still be in church on Sunday night. So how do you deal with this? How do you avoid it? Well, don't fool around where the snakes are. Bill, is it, is it true there's some areas that look snaky? Yeah. You don't just go down, you don't like go to the mall parking lot looking for rattlesnakes. They know where rattlesnakes are. There's places that look snaky. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of things in this world today that look snaky. 
serpenty, if you will. Be careful. How do you avoid it? Don't fool around where the snakes are. Here's something else. Don't go barefooted. Y'all wear snake boots, don't you? Isn't that what they call them? Snake boots. You know what that means? Snake can't get them on the boots. But they better not get one that can reach up higher. Are they about to your, your knees? Yeah. So, so what happens? They got, they got those. They wouldn't think of going barefooted. I hope, and Billy, you wouldn't do that. I know you're really more loony than your dad. But you, you wouldn't, go, wouldn't go barefooted. You say, what's that have to do with anything? Well, let me give you a scripture verse on this. Ephesians 6, 15. Your feet and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Get your feet covered up. Don't go barefoot in this old world. I'm not talking about, you know, well, kids like to play outside with, without any shoes on. And they, they go barefooted. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying this. You know what? This old world, there's a lot of serpents out there. You better have your snake boots on. Something else, don't touch them. I have that as my rule. Don't touch them. I said, preacher, but what do you do if you kill one? That's why they made hose and rakes. That snake, big old snake, probably was a rattlesnake that had a costume on of a black snake. And I take it. I'm not about to pick it up. I got it on that hoe. I go over to the woods and I'm gonna throw it out there in the woods and I go like this. What it did, it went around the hole and came down on me. <laughs> I scream like a woman. <laughs> now actually I can't scream. You wanna hear me scream? Are you ready? touch them and don't ever think that it can never happen to you because I watched people that sat in these pews and sat in pews in that building and the building out there we used to have watched them used to sit in the pews that all of a sudden thought well I'll be all right and they got bit and they got bit don't ever think it couldn't happen to you and don't think it's not so bad because I've found a lot of people are haunted by their past because they got bit one day by that old serpent. Men have destroyed their lives and they have, they're haunted by their past because they thought they could break down the hedge and be all right. Young ladies who thought, well, you know what? The preacher's so old-fashioned, mom's so old-fashioned. Why, I'll break down the hedge. I'll be all right. Hey, it's a new day. It's, this is the way it is to regret it. Don't break through the hedge. Why? Well, God said, a serpent shall bite him. Dangerous thing to break through the hedge, so what we got to do is make sure we stay away from the hedge. And there's a hedge there. Don't go on the other side. Oh, you're chicken. No, I'm not chicken. I'm smart. I'm smart enough not to go through that hedge. Boy, there's a serpent over there. Well, how do you know? God's word said so. If you keep a hedge, young folks, in your life, you won't live to someday being sorry. You'll be glad that you made the right decisions. And may I say it to every adult in this room, too, 
Make sure you keep that hedge in its place. Don't break it down because you'll be sorry if you do. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the word of God tonight. Thank you for the dear people here tonight. And I pray help us understand the truth that we're trying to get across. Lord, there's a great danger today of breaking down the hedge. Lord, you said the serpent would bite. I'm sure Adam and Eve, what they took of that, that fruit, thinking that the serpent told them the truth. The serpent lied to them, destroyed them. God, help us tonight to keep from destruction in our lives by not breaking through the hedge. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, maybe you're here tonight, not sure of salvation, you need to be saved. Why, this really has nothing to do with you unless you're saved. Maybe this evening you need to accept Christ as your Savior. I wonder if there be anyone here tonight and say, Preacher, if I died, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone tonight? Preacher, that's me. I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know it. And Christian, then tonight, get away from that hedge. Stay far from it. By all means, don't break through the hedge. Because God's word told us there's a serpent on the other side, and he'll bite you. Let God have his will and way in your life. Father, pray tonight that you would speak to our hearts in this time. I pray that every one of us in here might just decide to stay away from the hedge. Stay right smack dab in the middle of your will. We'll never be sorry for that. Help me as a pastor to stay and, and warn people of this simple truth here. And help us to take heed to what we've heard tonight. Speak to us in the invitation time now. In Jesus' name, amen.